What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Grown with Ryan. It's me, Ryan. Obviously, what's what's up? And today, I've got my dad on for to tell me some stories about his time in the Navy. Say what's up, Dad. How you doing, everybody? I'm Johnny. Yeah. So, oh man, do we got some stories for you? So, uh, everything from Russian embassies to fucking African trades and fucking Thai weed, yo. So sit on back, take a toke, take a sip, whatever it is you need to relax, and tune on in as we continue growing here at Grown with Ryan. Yeah. Okay. So, um. When did you join the Navy? Well, I want to say back in the summer of 69, but it was actually the summer of 79. Damn. <laughs> actually, I, what I did is I enlisted in delayed entry. I just finished my junior year in high school, been in high school, and a naval ship showed up downtown Buffalo. So I wanted to go check it out, me and a few friends. And yeah. we get there, and it was nothing but a massive party. People <laughs> everywhere, I swear to God. We're going to booze you up, kid, and send you to war. <laughs> right? And think about it. In 79, I just turned 18 years old, June 30th. And this was in July, the next month. Oh, yeah. So they enticed you and everything. There were recruiters everywhere. And when I got on that ship and got to walk around, I thought it was amazing. You know, I just really liked it. And the, the ghetto was... Join the Navy, see the world. Well, they didn't lie, man. I got to see the world. I did it in three and a half years, but I got to see the world. It was interesting. But I enlisted on delayed entry, like I said. I went. I enlisted because I had to finish my senior year in high school. Really? So it's called delayed entry. And if you do that, in a year, I had to leave for active duty. So I would have graduated. And then I'd get an extra stripe in my rank when I went in from an E1 to an E2. Automatically. Automatically. And I get the pay raise on that. Not much, but it was a pay raise. So I did the delayed entry, went back to high school the next fall, you know. But I was so excited and so impatient, I wanted to get in the Navy. I dropped out of my senior year. Did, wait, you dropped out of high yes. school? My senior year, I dropped out. Holy shit. I didn't and there was that. no reason to because I wasn't leaving until the next July. Wow. But I was just so impatient. I got a full-time job. Really? I wanted money. I wanted to get my own place before I moved into the Navy. Yeah. And it's funny because it's ironic because when I finally had enough money, when I dropped out of high school, I was working in a lumber mill right down the street. Really? Yeah. Right behind Bennett High School on LaSalle Avenue. Yeah. Neville Lumber Company, 1979. And I, I had to leave in the summer because I had to leave for active duty in June of uh, 1980. My 19th birthday. <laughs> Nana and Papa, they took me to the airport because the Navy called and said, dude, you got to be on a plane today. I never had time to go home, pack, really? nothing, I swear to God. It was delayed entry. I went in with another guy named D Danny Bielman that I went to high school with. Anyway, we were supposed to leave the same day. He was already at the airport getting on a plane. And Nana and Papa got the phone call. My father and mother got the phone call. Saying, yo, he has to report for active duty. He's got to be at the airport in like three hours. <laughs> I wasn't even home. And in 1980, there were no cell phones. No. <laughs> they had to come looking for me in their car. And they found me saying, get in the car. We're going to the airport. I never got to go home, ever. My mother packed a bag for me and took me right to an airport. Damn. To enlist in the military. And for them, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I get to boot camp. Everything my mother packed for me, Throw they out. threw out everything. It's like, you're in the military, boy. <laughs> you ain't having that no more. So that's when I went in. I dropped out of high school. So you were just like, that morning you were like, oh, I'm just doing my thing. I'm going to go here and do this. All of a sudden just snap up. Like, hey, what's up, airport? Okay, just get in there. We got to go military. What? Can't we go back? No. Uh, what? Just uprooted like that. And when I said I couldn't go home, I wasn't with my parents. Like I said, I had the money. I moved out two months before I went in the Navy with my friend Danny. Me and him were going in together. We had an apartment on the east side of Buffalo at the so time on Dope you, Street. What happened to your place? It was a rental. We had to basically... My, well, I mean, what happened it, to your shit? You know, no, I never sell my stuff again. It all got thrown down and just... Yeah. Wow. Everything gone. We, I never got to go back there. So everything you worked for that year just... Well, there was nothing there except our beds and... You know, oh, really? Yeah, furniture. Yeah, because we were kids. Man. We didn't, That's true. It was nothing but parties every night. We had <laughs> people in the house partying every night. It was like a going away party. That's when we used the chicken song rolling paper. <laughs> and if you have any idea what I'm talking about, Chicken Chong had an album back in the day. Chicken Chong, yeah. And they and they provided you with the massive giant rolling paper. Fucking fat rolling papers, man. <laughs> they were huge. We rolled a doobie, is what we called them. And it, was, it took an ounce of marijuana. An ounce? <laughs> an ounce of Holy shit. We I passed, believe it, though. There were 25 people, I think, in the circle, something like that. And we were trying to keep count. I can't be... The exact numbers, I couldn't tell you. But the fun part was we passed it around like 78 times. 42 <laughs> shotguns. <laughs> and the roach was still like almost a quarter ounce. <laughs> Holy shit. <clears throat> <laughs> Going away party. <laughs> and the next day, I got my head shaved. <laughs> so, like, how long were you in boot camp for? It was an eight-week program, actually. Eight to ten weeks, I can't remember. And I went to Ohio to, to train. It wasn't bad. We got lucky because it was actually too lucky because we went during the summer months, like I said, after my birthday, June 30th. So it's July and August, and then we're, uh, where the hell were we? Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, basic training there. Anyway, it was heat conditions, like heat waves, it was always in the 90s. And because of that, there was a regulation that you couldn't do physical training in, for the Navy, that was kind of weird. <laughs> you would think you have to do physical training, you're in boot camp, man, all the time. Yeah. Well, we did, don't get me wrong, but on these heat conditioned days, you weren't allowed to even be outside, I guess, it was that hot. I don't know. That was crazy. But boot camp, I spent there eight to ten weeks. <coughs> Interesting. <coughs> Interesting. But it's worth it. After you get out of that, you get sent wherever your orders take you. What was the first place you were sent? I had to report to a... Okay, actually, let me go back. Remember I said I dropped out of high school? Yeah. Okay, I went in the Navy. I was supposed to be a jet mechanic. It was guaranteed to me. But because I dropped out, I did not have my diploma. So I had to go in as a non-designated enlistee, it was called. Meaning I had no place to go. Really? I just was like, not drafted, but you just an enlistee yeah. with no designation. But I went for airmen. I liked the, the naval jets. Yeah. So I had green stripes instead of the red sailor stripes. I wasn't going to no boat or no ship. 
I was headed for the Jets, no matter what. And so right after I got out of boot camp, I enlisted in A school, which is airman school. That got me to go where I wanted to go with flying, but I still had no destination. So my orders right away were, I had to get to West Coast, uh, Oak Harbor, Whidbey Island, Washington, 100 miles north of Seattle. Can we put that live right real quick? I have no idea. Why did it tweak that loud? Yeah. I don't know do that. There it is. All right. Cool. Thank you. But anyway, I got the orders to uh, Washington State, so it was good. It was an uh, uh, electronic warfare squadron, VAQ-137, the Rooks. I was supposed to report to their command. It's a non-designated. Like, again, I would have to, you know, just report to them, and they'll assign me a job, whatever they think I'm capable of doing at the time. So I was looking forward to it. I get all the way to Washington State, and when I get there, they tell me my squadron's deployed. Meaning they're on an aircraft carrier in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> oh, shit! So from there, I lived there for two days, and they had to fly me out of there to catch up with my squadron. It turns out they were on an aircraft carrier, the USS Ranger, which the Top Gun movie was made after, my ship. Awesome. I served three different years on that ship. Oh, wow. 1980, 81, and 1982. USS Ranger, Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, watch that movie and tell me we're the lion. <laughs> are they lying? Yeah. What do you mean, lion? Because uh, Hollywood's known to exaggerate shit. Oh, actually, no. That was Actually, that movie was pretty right on. Yeah? Oh, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, Never this is what we did. Never mind. It was amazing. No, they got, actually, a lot of that footage was from the actual aircraft carriers. Really? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Definitely true, man. They did a good job. Tom Cruise is young, but they did good. (laughs) But it was amazing, though. When I got shipped there, to, like I said, when I got to the aircraft carrier, I had to land on the aircraft carrier. That was pretty cool. So here I am in in the South Pacific, not knowing where we were headed was the Black Sea, Tehran. Oh, shit. I don't know if you remember your news, but in 1980, Iran had kidnapped a bunch of American hostages. Our ship was headed there oh. to rescue them hostages, actually. That's right, that's right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carter was our commander-in-chief at the time, and he tried to get the helicopters in there to Iran, and we lost eight guys on our ship. They died that day when they finally went in, because I was on the ship. Really? Our helicopters crashed. Oh, they came off fuck. our ship. I swear to God. That's it. They never came back. And then after that, you know, we're living at sea for 10 months at the time on an aircraft carrier with our squadron. But we were land-based. Like I said, I went to Washington. That's where I lived. We were stationed there, but every year you go on a 10-month or 8-to-10-month cruise. Okay. Once you're out at sea, you're gone. You, yeah, you'll you come back. For a while. <laughs> it was amazing times. The jets are amazing. I loved it. I loved it. What else would you like to know? I want to hear about the parties. I know you, like, I want to hear about <laughs> when you, um, like, let's get into the, the, the fucking stories with all the weed and Taiwan and fucking all the drugs and shit. <laughs> oh! Let's go to the foreign lands. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? If it wasn't for the U.S. Navy, I wouldn't be into drugs like I am. <laughs> and most of my drugs was marijuana. Hashies. Little LSD here and there, 
cocaine everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mushrooms, free and legal in Washington. You get to eat them out of the cow poop. You take a six-pack of beer and you just wash them babies and eat them on the field. You walk home and you wonder why the cows go moo. <laughs> Mushrooms are good. But like I said, that's where we live. The best time is the out-of-your-crap carrier. You get to, get to see the world, right? That's all I can tell you. I've been to many ports, many cultures around the world. But like you said about the drugs, India was the best place to get black hash. <laughs> I swear to God. We got it by the bricks. We'd sneak it on the ship by putting little transistor radios in that. Really? That's all we had back then. There wasn't even push-button phones in 1980. Think about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'd sneak it on board in little radios that they, we buy at stores. And just, instead of batteries, we fill it with hashish. There was a guy. Fun times. I was looking at rubies when I was in India, and I'm ashamed that I bought drugs instead of the rubies. Yeah. And rubies would have been valuable. Especially now, it's been 40 years. Back in the States, yeah. One time, Singapore was an opium. We went to, no, Petty Beach, Thailand. No, that was a Thai weed. The sticks, what we do is we had t shirts like with our embroidered. Mine would say USS Ranger. CDN 61, that was my ship. So it's a t shirt. They traded me my T-shirt for 10 tie-weed sticks, which were eight inches long and a, a good inch and a half in diameter. Damn. And it was all pure tie-weed. Holy shit. So I got carried away. I actually offered them cash. I ended up buying 300 sticks of that. Holy <laughs> shit. Rented a Yamaha Skidoo in the, in the middle of the ocean, and we scooted out to our aircraft carrier, which is a mile and a half out. Me and my best friend, Jimmy Olson. From, from North Dakota. Devil's Lake. Good guy. But dude, we did that our ship and we were dressed, covered up, so they couldn't tell who we were, right? They thought we were civilians, from, you know? And we were able to get around to the back of the ship where we knew where all the 55-gallon drums were and nobody was walking. We threw our bags up there and then we tried to get back to shore. And my friend ran out of gas in the middle of the ocean. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, I said, I'll be back. I'll go get help. <laughs> I left them floating in the ocean. I got back. Oh, they met me halfway out. They were about 300 yards out towards me coming, looking for us. Like, mad at us because we took their crap for too long. And they knew we'd run out of gas. So I told my friends abandoned he's drifting, he's drifting. They found him about, you know, half a mile down. But they got him. We actually just had to pay him more money because we used up all the fuel they had to come out and there. It was insane. But when we got back on set, when our you know, our leave was up, we got back on ship to go back out to sea. We went back there and we got all our tie stick. We cut that stuff up and you buy a cigarette pack. On a syrup pack, there's a cellophane. Mm -hmm. You'd fill that up. You're just chopping off these sticks, you just fill that up. I was getting $500 a pouch. Wow. Something that cost me $25. We made like $25,000. Damn! <laughs> Holy shit! I'm the air director in the middle of the South Holy Pacific. Holy fucking Christ! 
it was just, and that's why I said, if it wasn't for the U.S. Navy, I would have never fell in love with smokables. <laughs> Amazing. Which, what, what country do you want to go to now? Uh, Sri Lanka, India. Yeah. That was that was a beautiful place. That's why I, actually that's where I said the hash was the black mm-hmm. hash was Sri Lanka, India. But the ironic part that freaks me out today is that's where two hundred thirty-five thousand people died in that tsunami just a few years back. The same beach I was partying on. Jeez. And I and me and my friend Calvo from my squadron. Mm-hmm. I was nineteen. He was eighteen. This man was massive. He was like 230 pounds, but he was big and tall. So actually, he kind of protected. I started all the trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And getting fights, and he was my backup. Jesus Christ. So it was amazing. But me and him, before we got to India, Sri Lanka, India, we were in Mombasa, Kenya, Africa. As soon as we got off the ship, we run into a guy with a Maxwell House coffee can. Said, you want cocaine? <laughs> you want cocaine? You open that thing, and there were chunks in there that must have weighed, I don't know, massive. Damn. I've never seen cocaine in my life until that day, actually. And they're just big, this big yellow, yellow bricks they had in this coffee can, two-pound coffee can. Holy shit. So I just said, we got 100 American. What can we get? And he just broke off this chunk. And I realized later on what he sold us was like a thousand dollars worth of cocaine for a hundred, and it wasn't stepped on, so it was pure almost. So it could be stepped on another thousand times, yeah. and still be good. Me and my buddy Kelvo had no clue. We snorting, snorting. Got a couple of young girls because we were young, so a couple of young girls. And we woke up on a Russian embassy on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and I was had hemorrhaging from my nose, blood. Oh, Jesus. The stuff was so strong, it would burn our nostrils. Jesus yeah. Christ. But I woke up on a Russian embassy in Sri Lanka, India, <laughs> on a park bench. Got back to the ship. <laughs> I thought clean. you said this was the one person in Africa. Mm. That's where we bought it. We didn't get to do any there. No. We snuck it on board the ship. Oh, no, we never okay. touched it. Okay. Because we have a doctor in our squadron, and he's a really cool guy. I went to him about cut. He said, I got some cocaine. And back then, nobody really cared about dope. Well, maybe yeah. they did, but there was no law, nothing stopping you, and no way to find it out at the time. They had no P test back then. No. <laughs> But no, we never did it there. But we got the cut from the doctor. Yeah. And that's when we got the cut is when we pulled it in Sri Lanka, India. Oh, shit. Right off the coast. <laughs> and that's when we did it, and it was still so strong. It, Jesus Christ. Oh. I told you opium in, in, in Singapore. Yeah. That's where the opium was. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> we dip our doobies, our joints into it. Really? Yeah. Good times. My best friend, though, he got so paranoid, he got so hyperventilated because it was messing with him. He got so paranoid that he wanted to go back to the ship. And to do so, you had to get across town, get on a ferry boat, and go out. Because remember, I'm on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. They can't come in the shore. No, so it's two miles out. <laughs> you got to get all the way out there on a ferry boat, get him on board, and come back and park. It takes up half the day. So we got him. We got him back on the ship. We made it back. Anything happen? 
With him? No, no we no, put him no, in his rack. It's like, did you guys make the party? Oh, we made it bad. Well, no, we, we just hit the strip. And it was good. I had a beautiful photo of that, too. My head was shaved at that time because I did it purposely. It was so hot on the carrier. Yeah. No, I did that on purpose. But I, what we did was my, our chief petty officer, he was my boss in my office. Or I became an aviation maintenance administration man, by the way. Remember yeah. I told you I had no designation? Yeah. I went to school for it. And what that, what my responsibility was, was all the logs and records of the four EA-6B jets that we had in our squadron. So I gave all the commands to all the departments and I filled out all the paperwork for all the jobs that had to be done on these jets to make them flyable. And I had to keep track of all the commanding officers, and not the commanding officers, but all the officer pilots. Mm-hmm. I had to keep records of who's flying and what plane and everything. All the log, every hour. And there were no typos back there, no, no typewriters, no computers, so I had to do everything handwritten. And my printing was so good, and I got the job real easy. <laughs> but it was, that was a good job, I didn't mind it at all. I got to go up in the Jets, that's another story. Yeah? You ever do Mach 2? No, I've never been in a jet. I have been. I, I told you, I've landed on carriers and taking off on aircraft carriers. Oh, it's amazing. I threw up, I think, uh, maybe about nine out of ten times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. They took me in, it's called the ECMO 4 seat. I sat in the back. I, I got amazing photos when they took me off. I, uh, Mount St. Helens, yeah. in 1980. That's where I lived. Yeah. Well, like I said, Oak Harbor, Whidbey Island, Washington. So we're 100 miles uh, west of Mount St. Helens. So after it erupted, we'd taken our jets over it. And I got to photograph everything. When I, in high school, I took photography at Bennett. I did darkroom, I had darkroom home, at home, everything. So I took pictures everywhere I went. But all the pictures I was taking were actually literally classified. So that's where I get the camera book from, okay. They're, and they're classified, though. I, I wasn't supposed to ever show anybody any of the pictures no, I've ever taken. No, classified. I've taken pictures of nuclear weapons. <laughs> everything. From the places on the ship where it said Kilroy was there in 1958. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's where we'd smoke our weed. Nobody ever knew. <laughs> Smoking on Kilroy. <laughs> Nobody was there in 30 years. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, it was an amazing time. It was fun. I, I can't deny it. It was fun. I never wanted to leave the military. But faith had it. Told you Jimmy Carter was our president, right? Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan took over in 1980. He gave us a 10% raise, and his lovely wife Nancy Reagan said, Just say no. They developed the P test, <laughs> and we were the guinea pigs. We were the first ones, and I had no clue. And that was in 1982. So here I've had two years of carefree military life, loving it, want to stay for my whole life. And I come back from leave after being home in Buffalo with my brother. I smoked a marijuana cigarette, as they called it. (laughs) I went back and had to take a pee test. They said, John, you got to pee in this bottle. I'm like, why? He goes, we want to know if you smoke weed. I looked at the, the lieutenant officer and said, dude, I just sold you an ounce. Man. What are you talking about? I go, shut up, John. We can't do that no more. <laughs> are you kidding me? I just sold you something last week. You know I smoke weed. And he goes, but you got to pee. I can't help it, man. It's the law. You got to do it. So I did it. And it, back then, we were the guinea pigs. Like I said, it took over eight weeks to get the results back. It came back positive. Mm-hmm. 
So I had to say, yeah, I went home and smoked the marijuana cigarette with my brother, I'd leave. They fined me $600 and ripped the stripe off my arm, lowered me in rank. That's when I knew the races were on because I was never going to stop smoking marijuana because the military turned me on to it. Mm -hmm. I would never stop. Are you good? Oh, crap. This could last forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it is. If they didn't develop that P-test, my children wouldn't exist to this day. <laughs> and the bad part is, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never came home. I'm a product of the no campaign. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But I never stopped, so that's the whole point. I couldn't. So what did they just keep like deranking you? They deranked me to the lowest rank, and they finally had to let me go. But they made me serve my whole term. How many tests did you have to fail? Oh God, I failed them all, except one. I was in Mississippi, and they did it. Well, what happens? That's the one that came back positive. After eight weeks, I was going up for a new strike for my fourth I was going to be a petty officer, third class. And before I can get that, I went to court martial because I showed positive, and that's why I lost the strike. I got back down to E2. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to E4, I got knocked down two pay grades and a fine. And that was $600 less a month, too. But after that, the next pizza showed up clean because I stopped during that time. But as soon as I got back to my command out at sea, I started smoking again because I'm back with my family. And, you know, that was my yeah. family. And I, I showed up positive on every test after that. Wow. And the only reason I had to take tests after that is because I got caught always in the wrong place at the wrong time. One time was my roommate. He got kicked out of the Navy. They gave him a check to fly home to New York. Freddie, his name was. A little, little Mexican dude, but he's cool. But he took that money and bought a quarter pound of marijuana and snuck it on base and put it in his locker, which he shared with me Uh and my friend Jim Olson. (laughs) When the MPs came in, I happened to be walking to my room in my shower towel, coming out of the shower, and the MPs are in my room. And they made me sit in there with them in my towel as they tore our apartment apart looking for anything they could find. And I saw it straight out. There was a garbage bag right in the middle of his locker. And I knew right then, that's marijuana in that bag. Yeah. I actually told the MPs, you stop tearing my shit apart, I think what you're looking for is in that paper bag where you look. And they did, it was a quarter pound of marijuana. Jesus Christ. And nothing to do with me, but because I was that's my room, yeah. I get arrested too, and I had a piss test, and I show positive. One time was fun, MPs were chasing us through the barracks. They were, because after that, they knew who we were, and they knew what we did. Mm-hmm. So they were always watching us. And we were getting potheads. We were never going to stop, man. They were chasing us. We get to the second floor window and the side of the building about to throw an ounce out the window. And the MP was down there waiting for us. Oh, my it. God. He looked up laughing at us like, yeah, come on, man. I'm waiting for it. You know what I did? I dumped it open and I threw it out in the wind. See how it was? I just dumped it in, the, in the middle of the night. All I could do was see the MP with the flash. Like, no, 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 no. Freaking out because the weed's flying in the air. Uh, in your fucking face. He was gone. Uh, they, they never couldn't do nothing. But they gave us a piss test because I'm government property. They can do that whatever they want. Uh, but they never caught me with marijuana. I was never caught with marijuana. Damn. But I had to take a pee test and of course, positive. 
I did three tours though. I got to enjoy every bit of it. I did two Westpac tours in aircraft carrier. USS Ranger was the top gun. 80, 81, and 82. And then I got to go to Spain in the Mediterranean Sea on the USS John F. Kennedy. Yeah. It was cool. Dude, it's a city on. Did you, any, did you do anything in Spain? I went to England in Ireland. Really? I got to go ashore there. Any parties yeah. in England? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's when I met my first people. Like, People do spiked hairs in different colors. Yeah. That's the year I think they came out with it. 1982, 83. Holy and that's the first time I ever signed stuff like that. And here I'm a clean cut, you know, military doing a uniform, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen these people, they're all punkers. And I've never seen that before. That was cool. I didn't care what anybody looked like. Didn't care. Just a good time. Beautiful time. I said I wanted to be there forever, but that didn't happen. Damn. That's such a fucking crazy, like... Oh, there are so many ports in so many different places. The home away from home is Hawaii, actually. That's where we stored all our nuclear weapons. I've been to Hawaii eight times during a three-period, three-year period. And, like you said, when the aircraft carriers in port, there's no work. And we're a private squadron because we don't belong to that actual crew aircraft carrier. Believe it or not, there's only like a thousand people that actually live and work on that ship. The rest of us, the other 4,000, were squadrons of jets and helicopters and everything. We all come from land bases and we come to the ship. That's what I love. We in land base. We lived in Washington. Wow. My backyard was, you know, 10 acres and it's not mine. I was rented property, but, you know, just woods though. And it's Washington State with the redwoods, the massive trees. Wild animals, it was beautiful. Saw my first wolves there, and I fell in love with wolves ever since. And that's where the mushrooms are legal. <laughs> <laughs> you back to the adult, the mushrooms are legal there. Damn. All right. So how many years in total did you serve? Just three? Three years, ten months, 25 days. I, I signed up for four years. They made sure I left just before that. Wow. Damn, that's crazy. They wanted me to go home. Me and three of my friends, like I said, my best friend Jim, we all got, because we were the same crew, you know what I mean? The same yeah. three of us. So me and him ended up driving, because they, they learned how to give you that paycheck, like they gave that guy that bought all that weed. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't give us a check. They said, you're out. Showed us the gate, and that was it. Wow. They didn't give us money. They took all our property, our uniforms, anything military property, they took back from us. Jesus Christ. So we drove to North Dakota, Devil's Lake. That's where he lived. And I took a Greyhound bus from there. And then I've been home since 1983, since August of 1983. Damn. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, another... In the Navy. <laughs> just uh, another life story for all of you. Another, just another tale of growing, you know? And yeah, hope you all enjoyed it. Well, thanks for joining us here with another episode of Growing with Ryan. Hope you all loved it. Keep doing your thing. And uh, yeah, stay growing. Peace out.